On the 19th of February, 1947, American explorer Rear Admiral Richard Byrd of the US Navy flew to the South Pole. It's said that when he came back, he wrote down what had happened on this expedition. Conspiracy theorists have interpreted this record as proof that Richard Byrd had indeed discovered an entrance to the center of the Earth. The hollow Earth theory uh, is that the center of the Earth is hollow with an empty space and that people or creatures inhabit this area inside the center of the Earth. And that inside the Earth uh, are live some sort of super beings. Some say they're demons, others have said no, they're just uh, the basis for stories of gnomes and uh, trolls. They're tall, reptilian humanoid creatures that are very advanced. There's a hole in the Antarctic, supposedly, where uh, these creatures fly out of and fly back into, and there's a whole uh, allegedly super-civilization living inside the planet. And between that inside area and the exterior of the planet are tunnel systems or cave and cavern systems that basically vein the entire planet. Once you accept the fact that the Earth could be hollow, you can take any of the mysteries and use that as your basis and you'll find that there are no longer mysteries. Skeptics of the hollow Earth theory claim that Rear Admiral Byrd's notebooks have been misinterpreted. I think you can read his statements and find a much more mundane explanation for them, but stated in poetic terms. I believe he said something about the land beyond the South Pole is a place of wonder, a secret place of wonder, something like that. What he is meant to have said is, I'd like to see that land beyond the Pole. That area beyond the Pole is the center of a great unknown. And this was enough to trigger the thought in some minds that the Earth could be hollow. So how likely is that? Since we have not yet sent a probe down to the center of the Earth, um, we still are basing all of our knowledge on the interior of the Earth on theory and hypothesis. And just because one person is a scientist doesn't mean that his hypothesis or theory is any better than somebody else. Even present-day governments are fueling the conspiracy. The government has thrown many hints. They've, they've taken photographs and given them to key people who investigate these things and then ridicule them later, and it's all a misinformation game. The Hollow Earthers also claim U.S. legislation that prevents citizens from exploring caves is specifically aimed at stopping them reaching the Earth's center. You're not allowed to go into a cave or a natural opening in the Earth without a federal cave permit or a federal cave expert with you. And also, any locations of caves that are otherwise on government property or public property that the public doesn't know about, they cannot, through the Freedoms of Information Act, sequester the government for the information as to where those caves are. So there is a concentrated effort to keep people from exploring the underworld. So if you go along with this, why are governments keeping their knowledge of the hollow earth secret? The big cover-up is if the people found out that there was a tropical paradise inside the earth, they would migrate and it would end the new world order and they would have to start all over again. So life in the hollow earth, Aliens in caves, Masonic symbols in architecture, phallic symbols in abundance. Are they all just the products of a fevered imagination? 
paranoia is a problem amongst conspiracy thinkers, but not all conspiracy thinkers. A lot of them are very diligent and rigorous and try to go only where the evidence leads. Unfortunately, it's the more sensationalistic theories that attract the most attention for obvious reasons. On the other hand, there's the famous saying that just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Welcome to The Machine, everybody. I am your host, Mario, along with my co-hosts, Jeff Rowe and Lee. Journey with us into conspiracy theories and the unexplained. Hello and welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Mario, along with my co-host here, Jeff Rowe. Say hi, Jeff Rowe. Hey, everybody. Hi, hi. Jeff Rowe. How's everybody out there doing in podcast land? <laughs> I'm hoping doing well. Uh, Lee couldn't make it. Uh, he was abducted by <laughs> extraterrestrial beings so uh hashtag save lee hashtag save lee um and what we what we are talking about here is the hollow earth theory as promised in the previous episode with uh, operation high jump correct right yeah operation high jump led us to this new uh subject matter and uh boy is this subject matter very interesting it is. It is very interesting, and we're going to hear more about Admiral Byrd, I suspect, here. And um, well, let's let's get into it. So the idea of hollow Earth is just that, just how it sounds, that the Earth is, well, in some ways hollow, in other ways uh, not completely hollow. So the idea is that there is a another sun, so to speak, or another um, heat source in the center of the Earth, like we know, and we were taught through school that there is a core. That right. is, it's, it's got heat. Well, the idea of hollow earth is that you get so far deep. And as, as far as I know, the furthest we were able to drill into the ground is, uh, what are eight miles? Eight miles. Yeah. So for a little bit of context here, uh, it's interesting. Uh, we're going to get maybe into some of the, uh, sacred numerology and sacred numbers and whatnot too, uh, at a later date, but some of these numbers are pertinent here. Um, as you and I have talked about in the past, the earth isn't an exact sphere as we were also taught uh, because of the rotation of the planet on its axis. It kind of bulges out a little bit in the middle. Right. But if you were to take the same surface area that the planet has and you were to sculpt an exact size and an exact sphere, you would get 7,920 miles of a diameter which is interesting in sacred numerology. Uh, again, we'll get, we'll get to that at a later date possibly, but uh, seven plus nine plus two is 18. One plus eight goes to nine. And if we have any uh, followers out there that have listened to previous podcasts, especially the water podcast, you are up to breath with the importance of the number nine. But yeah, going to this hollow earth theory, maybe an easy way to uh, visualize this in this sort of medium uh, type of media that we use here, you know, uh, radio slash podcast. If you, if you think of the crust at the North Pole and the South Pole, this theory states that the crust acts like something akin to a chainsaw blade where come to the pole, right? And the surface actually continues 
into the inner earth and wraps around. And if you were on a ship, you would never know that you had sailed into this chasm because of the gravitational pull keeping the waters attached to the crust of the planet, whether it be on the outer crust or the inner crust. Yeah. Um, so I don't so, know. If, I don't know if that kind of helps the visualization of, of this theory, but maybe it does a little bit with there being a, a, a cavity in the middle, and then there being another exit point at the South Pole. You know, like I said, kind of if you can imagine a chainsaw, sort of the 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 blades of the chainsaw kind of rotating on the inside and outside. I don't know if that helps. Well, I like to use the uh, the comparison, or you know, those little those little German dolls, like one fits into another. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, I forget what there's. There's a term. There's oh, the a, Russian, the, the Russian, the Russian dolls. Is it the Russian? Okay, Russian dolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they fit one into another. So if you were to take, <laughs> you know, so many of them out and just put the little one inside, and you know, so then you got a hollow Earth. It's not 100% completely hollow. But I'm going to bring us back a little bit further here because this isn't something that we hear about just you know recently. This isn't this is an idea that just popped up from conspiracy theorists nowadays this is something no. that was you know brought to uh that was brought to light or brought to attention in the 16th century centuries right? yeah 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 absolutely so even the boot you know, the buddhist buddhism speaks of another world of was argartha or argatha or uh, yeah the Argerity. name of the area was Agartha, uh, and then the capital city was uh speculated to be this was the uh the idea behind the city of shambhala right which is an inner world it's an, an, an which is believe, an inner world in the right. buddhist religion yes and they also believe that it was inhabited by an advanced race as well right matter of fact the city of shambhala was an inspiration for the mythical city shangri-la which housed interestingly enough what the buddhists believe was the fountain of youth interesting yeah, exactly. Very interesting. And like I was saying, you know, the idea or the uh, the theory of, of a hollow earth was um, first introduced from uh, physicists, scientists, physicists in the 16th century uh, by the name of Edmund Haley, correct? Edmund Haley. Yeah, yeah. That name sounds familiar. How, how would our listeners know of Edmund Haley today? Well, I mean, think about this, okay? Think about all the technology we have today. And everything right. at our fingertips. Go back to 1692. 1692. That's a long time, bro. That's a long time, right? Yeah. This guy is figuring out uh, traje trajectories of comets. And that's probably where our listeners have heard his name before because he was the discoverer Comet. of Halley's Comet. Halley's Comet. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is this guy... When he comes up with a scientific theory, this is a respected person of the time. This isn't some oh, crazy guy that's in a – right. It's not a crazy guy in a straitjacket that they want to throw in the insane asylum. So he has some clout then, what you're saying. He, and he was he was in uh, direct contact with Newton, and we all know Newton and Newton's law and, and everything there. And mm. we, I mean, we wouldn't laugh at that, so why would you laugh at this, right? This no, exactly. really should be taken into consideration. So, so Edmund Haley, he's – Figuring out the trajectory of comets, 1600s, right? He's figuring out the trajectory of comets. He's figuring out that the Earth tilts 
on its axis, the pole shift. He's how this guy is figuring this stuff out, you know. It's pretty is, respectable, interesting. Yeah, you want to talk about minds of yeah. the masses. Here you go. Here's one of the guys. And then 75 years later, along comes Leonard Euler, you know, predecessor to Edmund Haley. Right. He goes okay. public yeah, with his the theory. Right. He goes public with his theory on hollow earth with you know right. this sun being at the center and uh holes he actually says holes at both the north and southern poles of the earth so almost right. if you were to take uh like the earth shape and just kind of poke holes in them in each side right right so like yeah real quick just go back to edmund haley real quick sort of what he was saying was there was a solid core right yes. and he was saying there was two inner spheres uh, below our our mantle he was saying there was one sphere like a deep inner sphere like a deep sphere that was rotating either clockwise or counterclockwise and then an inner sphere that was outside of that in between the mantle and the deep sphere that was count that was going either clockwise or counterclockwise the opposite of which the other one was so he was saying there was a solid core with two masses of empty caverns or, or or rotational gyration sort of effect going on with the planet right and then what like you said what leonard euler actually talked about he was the one that hypothesized that there might be an energy source at the core right that was as if it was like an inner sun and the surface of the inner world would have basically mirrored or backed our surface right but just on the inside like in a 5D version. Right. Uh, exactly. An inverted so, planet. So that's the okay. theory that, okay, that's a theory. That's where, you know, the hollow earth really starts to take hold. Right. And imagine being in, <laughs> what did I say, 1692 and coming out and saying, yeah, the earth is hollow. Mm -hmm. This, I'm sure this guy was laughed at. Right. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had, people had just, what was it, 1492 or somewhere thereabouts whenever America was discovered. So, it, you know, we're only talking a couple hundred years past the point whenever people originally thought the planet was flat oh wait now we still got people to believe the planet's flat. <laughs> that's that's for another episode but that's continue. another episode sorry sorry everybody sorry well, i mean I, even, even to talk on that there you know there are people when you try to explain hollow earth to these flat earth people who believe this they say well well no we agree with that but that's just on the other side of the flat earth so well hey and, and let, let's be honest over. right let's be honest you know we're, we're not here to judge and, and that theory could very well be plausible. You know, it's there needs to be some more maybe, you know, anecdotal evidence to it, it rather than just what they're coming up with, in, in my opinion. But at the same time, I can't honestly propose a, a inner earth theory and then take somebody else's theory and throw it out. Well, I mean, we, we've you said know. it so many times through all throughout all of our podcasts here, you know, never believe what you're told. Always ask why. Right. I mean, right, exactly. So it's it is a very interesting hypothesis along with this, no matter you know, personal views or not. Um never uh take a hypothesis and, and claim that it, it can't happen or it's not true. You know, you, okay. you we never know the the world is magical. Yeah, because I mean we're finding out more and more now that you know certain things that we were taught in school just isn't so. Right, yeah, no, absolutely. And I go back into previous episodes we were talking about bird uh, richard bird and his uh journeys into the northern area of the earth you know the yeah the north northern pole. pole and the south pole and the south pole well uh 1984 
his diary had surfaced. Right. Now let's let's be clear here. It's a proposed diary. It's a proposed that diary. was found that, that was found posthumously after he had passed away. Um, but there are correlating entries in there that he talked about and discussed. So so let's go the over veracity that of this. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, just just a misnomer or not a misnomer, but a disclaimer. Some of this information he did interviews on and some of it's true. And I'll go ahead and separate where uh, some some current scientists kind of dispute it. But, yeah, um, in 84, this this mysterious diary just happened to get into the public's hands and it was credited to him. And in one of his flights, he's a, he was military trained. He, he kept track of everything meticulously. I came across some information with some entries that I think maybe our listeners would find interesting. Ooh, do tell. And it, okay, so um, in one of his escapades, one of his explorations to the North Pole, he, in this, in this diary, there was a entry that people debate to this day. Very fascinating. Yeah, let, let's, let's start with he goes into a magnetic area where his instruments, they no longer tell where right, he is, right? Right. Right. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and um, they, they, they get to the northern area and, and he wants to circumnavigate the North Pole because this was a time in, in science and, and mathematics and, and new discoveries and exploration that everybody wants to be the first at everything, you know, especially in flight and whatnot. And his entry starts as flight log entry Camp Arctic. Now, this is going to be interesting because I'll reference this later, but the date was February 2nd. Or February 19th, apologize, February 19th, 1947. So his first excursion, if we all would remember, was in 1926. Now, this was excursion that happened later on. This was February 19th, 1947. He says at 0900 or 0910. And this is the Northern Pole excursion. This is the North Pole. Yeah, this is the North Pole, the Arctic, up right. in the Arctic Circle. Okay, he starts his entry as this uh, 19... 19- 0910. And this is something that I referenced in the last podcast, but I got a little bit more detailed on this. Okay. And this is just, this isn't verbatim. This is just me, you know, uh, summarizing what it was that was in there. If anybody's interested in it, you can find this in PDF format online anywhere. Okay. He says vast ice and snow below. No, just, just, no, just to let you know, we'll find it. We'll put it on the website too. Okay, if we can uh, find so, it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so our website is the uh, the Wix website. If you follow us on our Facebook page, I'll put a direct link on there again so people can get on the website. Anything that we talk about here, just a quick, I don't want to say plug because it's not accurate. It's not really a plug. It's a, uh, you know, whatever we talk about, It's not we're not just pulling it out of our asses here. No, so exactly. The reference we, material. We, we put a lot of reference material on this website and... Um, you know, it, it doesn't cost anything. We pay for everything, uh, which is another one of the reasons why, you know, we don't really take donations or anything like that, because you and I have talked about it many times. Once you start taking, you know, doing sponsorships and things like that, it's, you start to wonder about the, you know, the nature of what we're talking about and if it's driven by another source. So just right. to well, no, quick- and yeah, just on, on that, the information we're disclosing here is, is stuff that we're absolutely fascinated by. Sure. And, and we want to share with other people because an origin story of the podcast, you and I kind of came across each other on, on these uh, more, you know, spiritual sort of 
right. uh, conspiracy th- ideas in a manner in which neither one of us really knew we were interested in this material until uh, just a glancing comment between us. Exactly. And that sparked, okay, oh, wow, you're interested in this because I don't know yep. about the fans out there, but I always felt alone with some of these ideas. And I was like, and okay, well, I'm just losing my mind. <laughs> to add to that, you and I have known each other since what we were, we were grade school. We were kids. <sighs> and I, t- I was, I was barely a teenager. I was 12 or 13. Yeah. I think you were like 11 or 12. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, this goes back people. Um, so if such a close friend like that to me in my life, I, I felt so separate from, I thought, man, if we find out, you know, in our later thirties and forties, what what's going on with the people in our area, what's going around on with some of the people elsewhere you know maybe we should disclose some of this information and share it and see if there's other people like us you know it was just i don't know about you but i felt like i was on an island so yeah this is a new genre that we kind of ventured out into and we're just interested in seeing if other people are interested in it too which we are finding out very much so there are yes yes very interesting um so back to this journal real quick flight log camp arctic february 19th 1947 zero nine ten hours Vast ice and snow below, but note a coloration of yellowish nature and a depression in a linear pattern. So well, not somebody a, made a, that snow their territory, obviously. They knows? peed all over. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they're marking their territory, right? <laughs> Just like our, our pets do. Um, altering course for a better look. Also note a reddish or purplish color. Circling this area, two full turns. Check location on navigational devices. Okay. So, so there's UTI. another entry. Yeah. Yeah. UTI. Um, <laughs> another entry at 0910. So I actually believe maybe the first entry was at 0900, which might be interesting. Uh, 0900. But our second entry is 0910. Both magnetic and gyro compasses beginning to gyrate and wobble, unable to hold direction, trying use direction by heading of the sun that was his entry at zero nine ten so yeah. if you don't have the know, instruments you got to use something right he, he and he was he was a noted person who was very good using a sextant okay a sextant was an ancient way of mariners using a directional and navigational uh things i don't know how easy that would be in the air and i don't know if that's what he used he's saying he used the sun that's i'm assuming he's using a sextant but i don't know if the century log is actually Admiral Byrd, this was a guy that our U.S. military had hired for. Well, he was he was trained by our military. Oh yeah, that's that's I mean, that's why you know that's why this stuff is written down in a manner that it is. They chose him to go to the South Pole when they did. I'm just saying, you know, right now we're hearing from <laughs> the logs of the North Pole. <clears throat> I'm getting ahead of myself, Jeffro. Please go. On. No, no, no. Actually, well, just just a quick. Uh, Entry into that, this log entry was during that time of Operation High Jump. If you remember, the operation started in the summer of 1946, and they they went during the winter of 19 or of 1947 because that was when the Southern Hemisphere during the winter is their summer. So Operation High Jump happened 10 months after this incident. So 0915. In the distance, there appears to be a mountain range, which confused him. 
because the North Pole doesn't have any land mass. It's just yeah. all ice. There's it's all no ice, land right? mass. Yeah. Zero nine four nine. It's been over 29 minutes has elapsed since identifying the mountains. It is no illusion. It is consisting of a small range that I've never seen before. He's confused by this because he all the information that he has is this should all be ice and snow and it should be flat with, you know, variable glaciers like protrusions and whatnot, but no mountains. Right. Okay. One thousand hours. Crossing over a small range just beyond the mountains is a valley with a running stream and what seems to be vegetation. There should be no green valley. We should be over ice and snow. Note, this is abnormal. Green vegetation on mountain slopes and our navigation instruments are still spinning out of control. Gyroscope is oscillating back and forth. 1,005, so 1005 or 1005. Altering altitude to 1,400 feet, executing a sharp left to see the valley below. And he notices it's green with color with either moss or a type of tight-knit grass. And then he notes the light here seems different. Okay, now these claims are claims that he had in interviews. And it's been written down. Now, this is where it kind of skews a little bit. And, and uh, there was a researcher by the name of Brooks Agnew kind of deviates from this point because now it gets a little crazy. A little crazy. It's a, yes. <laughs> he says, make another left turn. And suddenly it seems as though there is wildlife. What kind of wildlife? Well, he says that he is going to investigate. Oh. He notices through his telescope or whatever that it seems to be an elephant type animal and then he gets closer and he says no it's a mammoth of some sort say what right so he says decreasing altitude yes it is a mammoth type creature report back to base he noticed his temperature readings was up to 74 degrees fahrenheit so he's recording tropical type conditions in the Arctic Circle. He goes on 1030, try to contact base, cannot get a response. And obviously he has to be scrambling. He doesn't know what's going on. He can't navigate. He, the, the sun is weird. It's right. giving off a, a weird light. Right. You got to be freaking His next out. End, He's freaking out at this point. He has to be because this is a gentleman that if any of these entries, if any of these, you know, preceding entries are true, he's been to the North Pole and the South Pole several times by this point in 1947. Mm -hmm. Okay, 1130. Aircraft seems light and oddly buoyant in this atmosphere, and my controls don't seem to be responding. Then in a gasp, he says, there's a disc-shaped radiant-like object that are approaching him with so more than one more than one yeah absolutely. more than one so so there are these there's these multiple disc shapes of a radiant type are approaching his ship and he doesn't know how to describe these obviously we're talking 1947 not too many people had interactions with things like possibly ufos matter of fact wasn't roswell in 1947 
I'm just pulling that out of my ass here. My friend, it was July 7th, 1947. You got to be fucking kidding me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're learning even new information as we're doing the podcast. And Jeffro strikes again, pulling two what seemingly meaning subject matters and combining them together. It's a gift or a curse. 1947 was also the date of the Roswell UFO incident um, stemming in July, which would have been right after several months after this incident. Okay, the rabbit hole was getting wider. I'm that just not processing this information. They procreate at wild rates. So I, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to process this information. So excuse me if I'm a little bit speechless here. Even though I have this written down, I shouldn't be speechless. And let's move on to the next entry. <laughs> uh, 1135, uh, the radio starts to crackle. And a voice comes over the radio. Welcome, Admiral, to our domain. And he notes that the voice sounds of a Nordic or Germanic accent. And suddenly he realizes his aircraft is completely out of his control. He can't use the joystick. He can't do anything. He's, he's completely uh, – the, the ships become autonom- autonomous on its own. 1140, the ship begins landing and proceeds as if it's on a downward elevator. The motion is negligible. So this is a very controlled descent. And then 1145 is his last entry. He goes, recording a hasty entry. Several men are approaching. They are tall with blonde hair. In the distance is a large shimmering city pulsating with rainbow hues of color no signs of weapons and i got this information and from the source they say they they quickly summarize it and they say in later diary entries because obviously that was his last entry of that particular incident but they there's claimings that he met with an underground civilization and he was brought into a council of aliens or underground people and during this interaction he was asked to drink a beverage and while he's drinking this beverage the leaders there tell him that they're concerned with the humans and the power of their nuclear technologies and how they're destroying the planet now this has got this is an extreme scenario this i can't imagine what this guy was imagining if, if any of these extending entries past the green valley are true well, and not um, to cancel, you know, it, it's gravitas here, but this diary, this diary also serviced when? 1984? It serviced in 1984, yeah. So when did the Cold War end? Well, I, the wall came down in 1989, didn't it? Or 1980, 1989, 1988? I believe so. Oh. Oh. But when so did the, the Star Cold Wars, War... when did the Star Wars project happen with Reagan, when did they implement the Star Wars program? Was that 1984? I know he was elected in 1980. Yeah. Did he start the Star Wars program in 1984, which, again, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing this on the fly here. Um, when was his alien address given to NATO? His famous, if we find a threat, an outer threat, how the world would unite. 
So that would be 1985. So that would have been after the surfacing of this. Right. Diary. Huh? Wow. Doesn't, doesn't seem to matter how thoroughly prepared we are to present this information. We even find information while presenting it. That, that's right. because that's interesting. It, again, we do it. We do it because it intrigues <laughs> us. And we wonder, we're wondering now if anybody else has stumbled upon this type of information. If you haven't look into it, if you have, you know, great. It's, it's, we're not saying we're just saying. Yeah, we're not saying we're just saying, right? That's one of my favorite phrases ever because you don't know where to place the information. You're just saying that you're finding it and it's like, there it is. Right. It just, just like with, with what we did here going. Okay. So going forward, he, he, he meets this civilization. According to this diary, he meets a civilization um, and what would be known as an inner earth area at the Northern pole, um, which is described as Nordics. So if you're not familiar, I mean, tall blonde hair, right? So the idea Again, it, if you hear the word conspiracy theorists, first thing that comes to everybody's mind is, oh, tinfoil hat people, they believe in aliens, <laughs> right. buggy-eyed aliens, whatever. It, to understand, first off, you have to be open to the idea that we're, we are not the only intelligent civilization, whether it be on this planet or out into the abyss of space. Right. Well, no. Uh, well, I mean, even the Hopis have an ancient um, myth, mythology of the ant people that came up from the inner earth right. to help save their civilization during a, uh, a crisis. So but to my point, though, is like, why, why would there just be one race of aliens? Well, not only that, <laughs> not only that, how can all these ancient civilizations have similar stories? But they're separated by thousands of miles. You have the Hopis in the yes. in the Southwest. You have yes. the, the 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 Buddhists in India. You have the people of Nepal up, you know, with Shangri La. You have, you know, the, the ancient underworlds of of Greece and Hades. You got, you know, um, just everywhere you look, there, there's right. mythologies of the underworld. So, so man, here, here we go. So that that's the Northern Pole. Right. We fast forward right. to high jump, which isn't that far off, but we fast forward to high jump. And yeah. all of a sudden we're in a southern pool now, which we find out was to be investigated because of Nazi activity. It's not really what we were told to be just a, an excursion, you know, to discovery. Right. A scientific expedition. Listen, scientific expedition or not it seems as though they encountered something that cut the expedition short that um, that much we know is true uh, so what if I, and i'm just going to throw this out there okay so what if what if the hollow earth theory is you know more more so true here and i'm just throwing this out there and up north we have you know, the peaceful Nordics and down South in the Antarctic where the Nazis have come into play. Now mm -hmm. we've got some hostile type of life form. Is that even possible? Mm. It's possible. I mean, why not? Um, and I'll, I'll throw this out there as well. 
there have been different claims oh. of go ahead you know where i'm going i'm gonna let you go no no i just had another thought go ahead oh no 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 because i want to hear this thought this is okay we're fun here um <laughs> I'm going to take this a little bit more towards the meditation side of things. Okay. Um, but if you think about toroidal energies, I don't know if people know about uh, toroidal energies, and it's maybe something that we'll dive into a little bit deeper at a later time. But a toroidal energy is something like uh, all living things have this life force, right? Um, and it, it's in the shape of somewhat like a donut. If, if people have seen research regarding the planet's magnetic, the electromagnetic sphere, right. where it looks like uh, energy is shooting, ejected out of the top, circling around, protecting the planet from cosmic rays, and then re-entering the south and energizing itself throughout the toroidal field. And it's the easiest way to visualize it is like the shape of a donut and a, a power energy source is rotating around. That's the magnetic electromagnetic sphere of, of the planet. And what do we know about power energy, power energy sources? Right. Um, but the thought that I had immediately whenever we proposed this was uh, a lot of Vedic texts and a lot of yoga meditation um, like the theories the about the well, not not so much the yin and the yang, but more okay, chakras. So, so we're, okay. we're we're going different directions in this one now. Okay. We're, yeah, we're going different directions. Just what sparked my thought was this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about the chakras, but I know the root chakra is where uh, the is the bottom chakra, right where our reproductive organs are, right at the base of our spine. Okay, and it goes up and depending on what teachings you you ascribe to there are either seven or nine chakras up through the system and the, and the third eye or the pineal gland and the forehead being the top chakra now if those are there are people out there who are really into yoga i'm really sorry if i'm butchering this but what you were saying was negative energies in the yes. south pole yes okay that would be akin to our animalistic reptilian reproductive yes. frequency. Whereas if the North is populated by the Nordics, that would be more of the ethereal crystal uh, third eye pineal gland type race. So that would be where the energy of those aliens would resonate with the Northern pole. Hmm. So above, so below. So above, so below. So, I mean, maybe if the planet is, you know, has its own version of the chakra system, the entities that live in those planes, because if you look at the chakra system and you overlace it with the Taurus or the toroidal energies, wow, that's, that's interesting. Uh, 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 <laughs> you like that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm sorry, but I I over uh, I I stepped on on your no, theory. No, what no. what were you thinking of? Uh, pretty much the exact same thing. Pretty much the exact same thing. And I'll say this: um, when, like we've talked about in the Dark Veil episodes of the Catholic, or not Catholic, but the Va the Vatican itself, that there are stone figures of reptilian type figures in the Vatican. If you can imagine that, it's true. You can find huh, them. Yeah. You can go online. You can look them up. You can find them. They're there. The question is, is 
why would the Catholic Church have stone figures of reptilian like creatures? Well, any any knowledge that doesn't align with their dogmatic beliefs has to be suppressed because it challenges their power. Suppressed, but not forgotten, right? Oh, well, no. Knowledge is power, right? Right. They hold that power. Absolutely. All right, everyone. So not to end it so quickly here, but uh, we've got quite a bit to go into this subject matter. So not to make the episode way too long and bore you with everything. I hope you're interested at this point on this cliffhanger. We're going to leave you hanging. But I will end this podcast with a clip instead of our traditional sign off. So just to give you a little bit of something to hang on to, we will upload the next episode next week. Until then. Ideas of an occupied hollow earth would be revisited nearly two centuries later in 1947 when famous polar explorer Admiral Richard Byrd flew reconnaissance missions over the North Pole. Byrd allegedly reported in his private journal about a mysterious land beyond the North Pole, which he called the center of the great unknown. Admiral Richard Byrd was able to fly to the North Pole and back and recorded flying over lush green areas where none should have been. And then three years later, he flew over the South Pole. It's rumored that when Admiral Byrd's task force actually got to Antarctica, that one of the first things they discovered was an entrance into a hollow earth civilization that was populated by very, very advanced beings. Admiral Byrd made a lot of unusual statements, including talking about what he called a new kind of craft that could fly from pole to pole. Is it possible that entrances to another world can be found at the Earth's poles? And if so, did Admiral Byrd actually pass through one of them? According to some ancient astronaut theorists, such gateways do exist. But rather than leading to inner Earth, they may be portals to another dimension. But whether an other Earth exists in another dimension, under our feet, or in a distant galaxy, what would its discovery mean for the future of humanity? If we were to discover the other Earth, the place we have sought, the missing world, it would be profoundly humbling. So this would be quite a paradigm shift. History would change in a very major way.